And it's time for us to have our monthly sit-down with Nebraska Athletic Director Trev Alberts. We'll talk all things Husker Athletics. If you want to be a part of the program, 402-413-2400 with a call or a text. Good to see you. Happy holidays. And it's kind of quiet around the stadium today. All the students are gone. Yeah, it's a little bit different, isn't it? You know, it uh, man, time just flies. Ooh. Here we, we're sitting, getting ready to celebrate Christmas and the holiday season, which uh, will be fantastic. Get a chance to be with our family again. But uh, uh, been a lot going on this fall, oh, yeah. and I will say, you know, what what a fantastic fall to be a Husker fan to to get to work in an athletic department to see how our coaches and student athletes have competed. Pretty amazing, pretty remarkable and amazing. You just got back from Tampa. You were down there yeah. for that amazing run that did not end the way any of us wanted it to, but I hope it doesn't take away from people's yeah. enjoyment of that um, wonderful journey that team took us on. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You know, in, in the heat of the moment, in the disappointment of, quote, not winning, um, but I just hope that uh, everybody gets a chance eventually, and, and we will, uh, to really reflect on how special the season this was. And, you know, as I sat down and I looked around that stadium to see all the red, the commitment of of our fans and you know it's just really remarkable I think this year in volleyball over 250,000 people came to support our volleyball program it's the highest total attendance and support of any women's athletics program in Cornhusker history so I'm just so grateful to all of our fans I'm grateful to coach Cook I mean I obviously wasn't here during his whole journey as a head coach Greg but this has to be among his best coaching jobs he's ever done. I mean, he was the national coach of the year for a reason, but you look at that team and the culture he built, a young team, um, what an amazing season. To start the year, you know, volleyball day in Nebraska, to end it down in Tampa, uh, I won't soon forget this season. It was really fun. Amazing year for them, and you were down there, a lot of, like you said, a lot of red, including one of Nebraska football's greatest names, and Dominican Sue was sitting right behind you. You get a chance to talk to the big fella. I did, yeah. You know, and Dominican and I, we've connected a little bit, and, you know, he's got a lot of different things going on. He's getting to the point, I'm not sure yet when it will be, but as he's thinking about life post playing in the National Football League and what that looks like. He's got um, some ideas. He's got some things. I, I think he's going to be involved some way, somehow, in Husker Athletics. I want to get people like Endomic and Sue. You know, I thought about Will Shields. I mean, there, there, there's former players that have so much to give, and we got to think about how we can better engage with them to help. And, and uh, so he's got some ideas in, in the NIL space and some of those emerging things that perhaps can help some of our student-athletes. But it was great to see, you know, uh, Endomic and Zoom. There were other former players there. Kenny Bell, Fabian Washington showed up. We had, we had just lots of people that wanted to be a part of something really special. And to have it be one of our women's programs, I thought, was uh, you know, sort of the icing on the cake. So, yeah, didn't, didn't end the way that we wanted it to. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you've got to be really proud of, of those young ladies. Fantastic, well, fantastic season for all of that. And that question came from one of our, our viewers in our chat room who wanted to ask you about Indomic and Sue being down there. It's been a – tomorrow is a huge day. Tomorrow is National Signing Day, part one, because they still have the one in February. But this has become the big one now. Your staff has really been beating the bushes. They've been all over this country for the last couple of weeks. I know you're proud of their efforts. Yeah, I, I, can't, I just can't say enough about what Coach Rule and his staff have done. Remember, you know – First of all, I was just thinking, aren't we glad we have the early signing date now? I mean, remember there was a lot of consternation about, well, do we really need an either? I can't imagine if right now we were waiting till February. Right. So it's it's great to get the early signing date done. And um, again, I, you know, we talked about this when we hired Coach Rule, right? We were really looking for a leader who had the understanding and the 
the ability to create the apparatus around football. So, you, you know, obviously the full-time assistant coaches are really, really important. But just like our staff, there's all kinds of people associated with football, names that probably many Husker fans have no idea who they are. But just their organizational structure, their work, these things don't just happen, right? Like, you don't get some of the players that are coming to Nebraska that just show up. It just doesn't happen, especially when you look at what's happened the last seven years and how long it's been to we've been to a bowl game. And so to have the kind of success they've had, I think it just starts with, number one, just good old-fashioned hard work. Um, they have worked extraordinarily hard. And then to have a, a strategic vision around how they were going to approach it I thought was really, really good. So I'm really excited for him. I'm excited for our football program, and I think there's just you can sort of feel a little bit of energy and tangible momentum. Uh, obviously, it's you got to be a little bit careful. I mean, we, we don't need to put a bunch of pressure <laughs> on young people that have never had a, a chance to be at this level. But, well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, acquisition and retention of talent are really, really important in, in athletics, and especially in college football. I'll tell you, I also was – just extraordinarily impressed with, you know, as you think about the transfer portal and all of the chaos, our chaos has been pretty limited. And I really think that speaks to the culture that Coach Rule and his coaches have built. Young men want to be a part of our football program, and that's pretty cool. You mentioned you like, you're a fan of the early signing period. This has become a very busy time now in college football, the portal, the signing period, and next year we're adding the playoff into it. And so... Are you concerned that we're putting too much in a short period of time? Do we need to look at moving some things around? What, what are your thoughts on well, that? Well, it's a really good question. And, and, yeah, I'm concerned about a lot of things. In fact, you know, we – so I'm on the Football Oversight Committee, and, and there's now two. There's an FBS Football Oversight Committee and an FCS one. And it sort of came up in our last meeting. It, it's time for us to take – a holistic vision of our game and review. Like, as you think about it, I, I watch some of our coaches, right? Like, I watch Coach Rule. And, you know, what we're asking some of our coaches, and nobody feels sorry for the coaches because they'll read about certain things, but the reality is what we're asking them to do, the pace at which they're going, really is is not sustainable. So so we're going to take a holistic look at, at our game. And, and that's got to include everything. Like, you know, how we approach things is so different from conference to conference. As you look at even small things like uniforms and right. the way some people, how are our games officiated? How quickly do we place the ball? The, the, I think it's a good chance to take a step back, look at the recruiting calendar. You know, we've made some tweaks and changes to that. But, but how does that interface, you know, in the totality of how our game is presented, right? Like even things like in fan experience in our games. You know, as you think about the disruption in terms of timeouts and the length between them, how do we make sure that, that our game is presented in the best possible way that's as clean, as efficient, and most importantly, that's consistent, consistently applied? How, how are we looking at, re, you know, replay and review, and, and how are those applied from conference to conference, and, and how do we look at, you know, so I, I think the more that we can bring consistency to our game, um, and eliminate some of the you know different approaches. And I, and I don't. We certainly don't want to present a picture that our game is broken. I mean, college football has never been more popular. So, in spite of you know significant angst around how all this stuff works, and oh my goodness, um, our game is strong. But I think we have a chance to to really look at it and really enhance it even further. So, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and and that's you know. That, that's a, a feeling that's shared by a lot of my colleagues is that, you know, is there a way that we can make it even better? So to your point, I, I do. I think, it's a, I think it's a fair point that we need to take a step back and look at everything. Well, with the playoff expanding to 12 next year, 
We might be a part of it. No, no. no I'm right. not making predictions, but to be trying to get prepared a team to play in a playoff game and yet have to be recruiting, that's a lot to ask. I don't know how you humanly – there's not enough hours in the day. Well, you know, I, I totally agree with you. And, and yet, um, you know, you find a way. And so yeah. I, I think some, some of the silver lining, you could ask yourself, well, you know, we didn't make a bowl game again this year. As you were trying to build the program and coach rule, I'm – Hey man, I, I think having the time and the total focus on recruiting, could we have had some benefit from extra practices? Of course. Yeah. But I think having the full focus on making sure this 24 class is, is uh, fantastic, I, I think kind of works out for us in the long run. Very good. Uh, ticket renewals for football. We're already starting to look at the 24 season coming up. Talk about that pricing. What's what's going to be different? Maybe say it's the same. What's what's all that? Yeah. So the pricing won't change. Obviously, last year we reduced it by a hundred dollars because so it'll go back to the the normal pricing. And and I just want to be you know clear there there isn't going to be any disruption in the twenty four season relative to the stadium modernization plan. But but I do encourage fans those that are in South Stadium. I mean we do have the seat yourself. There's some options in other parts of the stadium if there's some concern there in terms of eventually when we have some of that disruption. Uh, but we're really looking forward. Uh, obviously, we're excited. We've announced a spring game. Uh, we've got recruiting tomorrow. Um, uh, just just excited about the future of Husker football. And um, so we'll do everything we can to make sure that we're as uh, cognizant of what we ask our fans to do as we possibly can. Very good. Last weekend was the end of the fall semester. We had some graduations. And there were, I think, 30-some, 33 graduates uh, from Husker. And that's what it's about, right? Get these students in, get them that diploma at yeah. the end of their college days. You know, it's one of the things, Greg, that I, I'm really glad that you, you always bring this up and you ask me about these questions because it is important. You know, obviously we're trying to win. But at the end of the day, as Dennis LeBlanc reminded the executive staff again this morning, is we have a, a responsibility to deliver on graduation. These are young people that, of course, we're trying to win championships. And we talk about Tampa and volleyball. They need an education. This is, about a, this is a life's decision, not this window of three to five years. And so, you know, it, one of the things that we do that I, I, really, I really enjoy is after graduation, all the student athletes and their parents would go over to West Stadium. We have a little celebration, and Keith and Dennis and their teams, and everybody's presented with a ring, and they get a pad folio. And part of our commitment to them is it doesn't end just when you graduate here. It's, you know, we've got the $7,500 postgraduate scholarship. I mean, there's a commitment um, to Husker student athletes far beyond when they're done. But then we always have one or two student athletes that, that speak. And Eleanor Dale... It was a powerful speech, um, got up and spoke about her experience. Now, this is an international student athlete who came during COVID, who knew nothing about Nebraska, right? Comes to a foreign land, gets stuck in a hotel with no one. And her experience and what she experienced and the exposure um, to so many different things is transformational through her life, you know? And so it was just so cool to hear her talk about the support of student athletes. And I once again want to salute, again, you can't say all the names, but so many people in Husker Athletics that work so hard on behalf of these student athletes that nobody knows about. I'm just grateful to all of them. Um, we had a 94% uh, graduation success rate. Again, we're in the top four in the Big Ten, including if you add the four schools coming in from the West Coast. So. Uh, I think it's five straight years, 94% or higher. So we're delivering on the promise of student-athletes. We're, we're delivering on the fact that if you come here, you can be elite in your sport in terms of competition. And yet on the back end, we're going to make sure that we have enough support. You're getting a great education. You understand community. And when you leave here, 
um, you've got the tools necessary to be really successful in the next phase of your life. That's great. Eleanor Dale, by the way, is still a f one of the three finalists for the National Player of the Year in college soccer. Amazing year. That team had It's clear to me run. she ought to win it. <laughs> led, the, led the country in scoring. I don't know how she doesn't win it, but you never know how these things work. Yeah, a little political sometimes, <laughs> right? As most things are. Trev's with us for the hour, 402-413-2400. I see some texts have come in. I'll get to some of those in the next segment. We have more to talk about. Obviously, uh, the basketball season's off to a good start. Wrestling's underway. A lot of things to talk about uh, with Trev during the, the coming uh, minutes of this hour. Dorothy Lynch, Homestyle Light and Lean Dressing. Endless flavorabilities. We'll have more coming up next. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. It's our athletic director show for the month of December. Trev Alberts with us, 402-413-2400 on our text line. Dale and Hastings. Trev, I have a question. I'm still confused on the rules of the transfer portal, specifically with the recent court ruling allowing multiple transfers and allowing the athlete to play immediately. Can you help me figure this out? Dale, I, I'd have to be totally honest with you and tell you that I, I share the same confusion you have. Um, essentially, a, a court ruled that the NCAA could not enforce the two transfer. There was a 14-day, and, and then I, I believe that the NCAA just settled with attorney generals on, I don't know all the, uh, the details and the exact, I, I don't want I have a general idea, um, but, but I, I really don't too many of the specifics because I, I may get quite a bit of it wrong. So what, what, I, what I can do is um, try to get a little bit of uh, a detail from our compliance department, somehow get that communicated. I apologize. But it's, it, it, in all honesty, Dave, every time the national organization tries to create rules, a court strikes that down and that it's impermissible. And so it's been very challenging for athletic departments, coaching staffs. It just adds to the chaos that you've talked about previously, Greg. Yeah. Daniel B. in our YouTube chat room. Can the Devaney Center be expanded for more seats in volleyball? Um, you know, they, we, we, our team has actually um, done some preliminary analysis, and uh, I think we think we can get another four to 600 seats. Obviously, we don't want to impact the standing room only, and so... We, we are looking into that. Um, I think there is possibly an opportunity for doing that. I don't want to commit to doing any of that at the point at this point, Greg, only because we need we need to, to do some additional analysis. But um, we're looking at it, and we're hopeful we can get that done. It's a great environment, isn't it? It's a terrific place to go watch an event. Oh, it's it's um, you know you, I I love watching, especially in the NCAA tournament, to see all the crowd. Um, sometimes I wish that we could do our because I think it's better, better. frankly, more exciting. <laughs> um, but, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know that you can match that environment uh, across the country. Brian in Bellevue says, Trev, can you comment on the Big Ten looking at going to a jungle division where all teams get lumped into a ranking 1 through 18? Seems like come also Rands. You heard anything about this? I have not heard anything about that. No, I, I don't. That, that's not been part of any of the conversations of? That, I'm, that, that I'm aware of. And we've got the schedule for the next Four years, right, for yeah, football to come out. Yeah. Everybody go to a yeah. conference tournament moving forward. Uh, I just actually submitted Nebraska's vote. It'll come down to a vote of the members of the Big Ten Conference. But there are some changes that are coming. I don't think they're... I mean, that's just the reality of it. It is. And when you're trying to get it done in a short amount of time. And so, Speaking of basketball, both teams 9-2. and two. Men and women, they play both tomorrow night. The women are down in Lawrence to play Kansas. The men will be back home to take on North Dakota. Pretty good start to this season. Yeah, I, you know, I... Um, First of all, I'm, I'm, you know, Amy continues just steady. 
you know, I, I give Fred a lot of credit in a Minnesota game and Creighton game when he basically challenged his team publicly and said at some point you have to decide punked by the other team. And, you know, that can go one of two ways. And Bill, the team responded. And I'll tell you, Michigan State's say, well, it's not quite the team they had. They got a whole reason, right? They've won a lot of games at Michigan State. And, uh, and then the state got a lot of respect for that Kansas State program. They've won a lot of games there. A team that's starting to create a little belief in themselves. Um, and some mental toughness. Um, you know, I, you, you don't want to get too excited, but both of those teams have a, a real chance to make a difference in the Big Ten Conference. The transfer portal is certainly in, it's always influenced basketball. I think more football's catching up to that, that it's becoming more. But I think they've identified guys that they want to bring in, the, the rink mass, the Josiah Alex, that fit what they want to do. And it's, they've really done it in back-to-back years, what they put that group together. Well, I, I would say a couple things. And, and obviously, Fred deserves all the credit. He's the head coach. But he made some tough decisions relative to his coaching staff. And, and I, I really believe that Adam and Nate um, and, and the rest of, you know, there's more than just the actual coaches, too. There's, there's support staff on the, on, on the basketball program as well. But I, I think they have great unity. Um, I think they have a clear plan and vision, and I think Amy does too. I mean, she made some staff changes as well. I think the most important thing as a coach is just to have a very clear understanding and vision about who you want and what you're going to stand for. And to your point then, then with the transfer portal, it allows you the opportunity to then find pieces that fit within your culture uh, because there's lots of good players, there's lots of good talent, but that doesn't mean they're a good cultural fit based on the type of team you want to have. And so I think they've really grown in that area, to your point, of understanding what they want, how they want it to operate. And uh, the team, clearly they have great cultures because they've bought in. And it's fun to watch them be a team, play hard. We mentioned that the semester ended last Friday, and it's a long time before the students get back, but there's a lot of basketball games. You need people to come out and buy those seats, and I guess there's some good seats available. There's for great games. seats available, and um, really encourage our fans to, to take a look at, at all those games. Get out. You know, if you've got, got family in town and <clears throat> you're wondering what to do, what better thing to yeah. do than head down to the Haymarket and watch a, a great college basketball game uh, with two teams that are, are really competing at a high level right now. PAC-PBA is the Indiana game coming up on January the 7th. I know you start. It's always fun to, to do those type of sellout games, you know, and, and uh, I know Amy and, and the team are really passionate about that. Obviously, Indiana is a great program, so we'd love to have people come out. But to your point, um, students gone, great opportunity, lots of wonderful seats right next to the action come down. So, and, uh, really and appreciate President Baker was actually down in Tampa as well. Oh, he was. And uh, went down to the championship. So kind of the bookends, you know, here for Volleyball Day in Nebraska and um, – you know, I mean, he, he's got a monumental task in front of him. And, and I think sometimes you forget, and you think about just Division One, 350-some schools, and you think about the pendulum, and, and here we are, this little sliver way on the right, which is the Big Ten and the SEC and maybe a few others. There, you know, Obviously, there are people that are frustrated about, my goodness, what is this going to do? And how could you throw the grenade into the middle of the room and walk out? The reality is this. You know, what we've been doing isn't working, Greg. Right? There isn't a court ruling that the NCAA, and by the way, before we pile on the NCAA, that's us. We are the NCAA. It's a membership organization that the university, everything, everything must be on the table for college athletics. And uh, uh, Nebraska is going to be a strong proponent in participating in that um, because we have a, a sincere and vested interest. But there's going to be a lot of things, you know, we're, uh, the, the, the convention in January is going to be very interesting, right? Like, 
Uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of a, a, you know, a committee on NIL that genes to expand benefits to student athletes, including economic benefits. That's really what we're talking about. And so it'll be interesting to see what, how the membership responds to that. And then I think the response after that will be really important to a few schools because, um, you know, we're, we're in challenging times and we've got to think differently. We've got to be more nimble and we've got to adapt and change in. But, um, you know, this is a fascinating time. I would just encourage our fans to be patient and recognize the next six months to a year um, could be could be transformational to, to college athletics. You've had some big-time coaches, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, Chip Kelly at UCLA, both have used their platforms in recent weeks to talk about we need to get, we need to funnel more money. Of college, the rest of athletics who don't have the resources that some are saying. Wait. And, and by the way, Greg, there are schools in the Big Ten that are saying, <laughs> wait, we can't do that either. And so th there are... You can't imagine the conversations that are happening. People are talking about private equity getting involved in college athletics. There are conversations that are happening that we've never contemplated before. I'm not, but we're, we're working as hard as we can to make sure that, that our student athletes, and I will say this too, and then I'll stop, I'm sorry. We will fight to try to retain the connection to the academic side. You know, while, while more and more, you know, sort of benefits may go to student athletes, I, I believe that's a wonderful thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with them having it advanced, you know, sort of economically the type of things that Will Shields needs to be involved yeah. in, right? I mean, nobody has more football knowledge than Will. He's a great human being. He's a great ambassador in Nebraska and uh, really, really intelligent. And I, I don't like him uh, for, you know, the... Uh, Pulling, you know, the G plays that he pulled around and, and had to knock out the, the, the outside linebacker back. Terms, visit us online at woodhouse.com. More with Trev coming up next. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest premier John Deere dealers. Find the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Have you winterized your John Deere tractor? You know, I, was just, I just told my wife about that. We we got to get Acres back. I got a John Deere. They come. They've yeah. got a little mobile thing. They don't. You don't even they have come to. And they come thing? do it right there at the house. And, Where did this uh, come from? I can. Well, to you got to pay for that. it. It's not free. <laughs> and they, you know, they sharpen your blade. They'll change the oil. That's tremendous. I mean, a real a real man would change the oil himself. Nope, I don't know how to do that. I don't. I don't either. I don't know how to do it. We let the experts. Greg. That's a pretty good service, Acres. That's cool. They have a great service, and it's well done. And and this time, I'm. They don't know this yet, but I got a little lawn boy handheld, mm -hmm. and I, I got to get that. Um, sharpened as well, so I'm going to try to slide a blade in. While you're say, here. While you're here. Can you just sharpen this one, too? Why would I don't know if they will or not, but I'm going to try. Bet they will. 402-413-2400. <laughs> Let's go to Elm Creek. Lori, you're up next with Trev. Good evening. Good evening. Hi, um, Lori. I had, hi. I had um, my daughter in 1994 in October, and the nurses were doing a survey because there was excessive babies being born because they thought everybody was happy because Nebraska won the national championship. Is mm. that about right? Yeah, I, 94. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you know what the number one baby boy name was? <laughs> Tommy Frazier. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't Wrong. know. Guess again. Trev. <laughs> How about that? Well, they were off by a year then. Because you were done in 93. Yeah. yeah. Well, we played in the, it was 
the 94 Orange Bowl. Yeah. It's a little confusing because like January 1st or whatever, but... Yeah, I, I, um, I actually just uh, had, a, had a great meeting yesterday, um, the new superintendents of, of LPS schools, and his wife came and introduced, and, and their son is named Trevor. And uh, so it was, it's been great over the time. You know, I've had a chance, maybe at games, there'll be some folks that'll come up and introduce um, themselves. Their name's Trev, and, and uh, kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. That would have been, they'd be like 28 years old now. That's right. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Lori, well, thank, thank you, Lori. Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Appreciate you calling from out in Elm Creek. Let's uh, stay in Lincoln. Gus, you're up next with Trev. Hi, Gus. Hello. Yes, Hi. sir. Um, okay, so I'll get right to it. Um, was wondering if you would have any way of influencing a volleyball match in L.A. with either UCLA or USC the same weekend that we are taking on USC in mm. football. Wow, Gus, that's a that's a great call and and a great question. You know, it's it's one of the things that uh, that topic has kind of come up a little bit with um, scheduling for all of our sports with the Big Ten is to think about and you know it just kind of makes some sense. It it's harder with TV now because stuff gets moved around, but if you can really if you can you know if 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 a fan base is going to be playing a team in football, well, you know, is there a way you can look at Instead of just looking at schedules in a vacuum of this is our football schedule, how do you look at in totality of all of your schedules to do like what Gus is saying? Can you find a way? You know, it would make a lot of sense, yeah. right? You play a football game here, and whether it's the next day or that day or that night or earlier on, you get a chance like a two-for-one to see the Huskers compete, you know. So it's a great idea. Logistically, it's a little bit challenging, but, but it is a topic that has come up uh, in our meetings at the Big Ten about, and about trying to find, you know, it actually extended further, and I'm not sure this would impact us, but is because you're looking at cutting. Remember, we have 18 schools now. As we're looking at cutting costs and how do we find ways to transport student athletes, you know, is there multiple student athletes and teams that could travel somehow together to cut down costs, create some efficiency? Yeah. So those conversations may be a little bit different than what Gus is suggesting, but th those have actually, um, I don't know exactly what will happen with it, but they have come up as part of the conversation. Yep. Take care of you, Gus. Yeah, absolutely. I just really hope we can do that because it would. I think you just get such a outpouring of fan support to attend both matches, the both the match and the game. It just is kind of a no-brainer. Either UCLA or USC. Yeah, uh, yeah, either one of those two volleyball teams. Great thought. Thank you, guys. Absolutely right. Thank you, Gus. Yeah, great. Really good thought there. I didn't. I didn't never thought of that. So it's good uh, for Trev. This is uh, Gail in Omaha. Uh, what do you think of the volleyball Final Four being played in a arena where they had the court on top of ice, uh, that hockey arena? Can't the NCAA do better for their athletes? It was, according to Jessica, it was down there pretty chilly in that arena. Yeah, I, you know, they're hard things in a sense. You know, I, I, um, I know what the NCAA is trying to do is, is they're trying to give multiple communities an opportunity. You know, let's, let's spread our... I've always just, this is my personal opinion, I love a static championship. I love the fact that the College, College, World, Series. College World Series in Omaha, and every team is starting. I mean, people have, you know, top baseball programs in their facilities have pictures of Omaha, and this is where we're all trying to get. I love, yep. you know, I think having some consistency in your championship, that just the way the NCAA does championships, they issue RFPs, and ultimately communities get to, to bid on those, and uh, that's the only and fairest way that they've come up with doing it. And obviously, Tampa won the bid. The NCAA, I mean, people, you know, 
they are, in essence, you know, they, they run a business where that revenues that are generated helps to fund the NCAA and, and those types of things. But, but I understand the concern. I actually sat in the road that was right behind where the, where the glass is. Yeah. <laughs> so the people that sat in front of me were in folding chairs. That actually was, you know, the bench for the hockey players. And then you have the infill for where they go in. Those were also filled in. So we had to do that a little bit at Baxter Arena when I was back in, in Omaha at UNO um, when we would transition Baxter Arena from a hockey facility into something else. So it's real. It's definitely colder. You do the best that you can. Um, but um, those are RFPs that the NCAA puts out. And it sounded like Tampa did a good job of hosting. Oh, they did a great job. I mean, I, I, that was the thing, too. You know, I, I saw some of it on social media, but you, you can't imagine just how important it is to the University of Nebraska and the strength of our brand, you know, just to have Nebraska, the end, plastered all over Tampa. Yeah. And the number of people, and um, it, it, it really is important. And by the way, there's lots of people in Florida who are Husker fans or might be alums who had a chance to come over and, you know, it's part of the reason why Indomitian and his family mm-hmm. and his younger sister were able to join us for both games. Um, so um, I, I understand the point, um, but I, I, I'm not sure how much influence that I could have or, or even the Big Ten on where those locations exist. Next year it's in Louisville, and I don't think they play hockey in that building. So that's where it's going to be in the final. Not that we're writing ourselves to think to be there, but I like our chances. <laughs> well, huh? You know, that's, that's the problem with success, right, is now John's created an expectation. Final four. Everybody. What a disappointment. You didn't make the final four, right? That's why I said we cannot take no. for granted. Don't take for granted this team. Um, don't take for granted Coach Cook and our coaching staff because we're not guaranteed success in the future. Another sport that's underway and off to a really good start, the wrestling squad. Mark Manning's yeah. team's really doing well. They had a home duel with South Dakota State last Saturday, and they've got some really good wrestlers. It's a great program. You know, Mark has just so consistently continued to build that program. And um, he and I have talked about that. But South Dakota State was 15th ranked yeah. wrestling team in the country. I mean, you've got to give them a lot of credit. They had a great, um, a great team as well. And so just continuing to grow that wrestling program, Peyton, Rob, some just, I mean, Ridge Lovett, another, you know, they're, they're not just – they're not just winning, but they're, they're fun to watch because they're aggressive, you know, wrestlers that are – um, there's just constant action, and, and uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how our wrestling program finishes because they've just been incrementally inching up. In a, I mean, think about the Big Ten. It's unbelievable. Iowa, Penn State. You're looking at Ohio State, Wisconsin. I mean, some of the top wrestling programs in America, they're all in the Big Ten, and, and we should be really proud of our wrestling program here. A lot of big duels coming up for them in January yeah. and in February. We're back with our final segment with Trev, 402-413-2400. We're back to wrap it up next. Woodhouse Auto Family, they are your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. Trev Alberts with us for a few more minutes. Our December show will be back in late January for his next appearance. Text from a guy, Gray in Gardner, Kansas. I'm a proud dad of a 2023 Husker graduate, lifelong Husker fan. Trev, if you have time, I'm curious what your view is regarding how to try to get some guardrails around the current state of unfettered free agency where tampering is allowed. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a really, it's really a challenge for our coaches, right? Like, I mean, there's nothing stopping negative recruiting. There's nothing. And that, that's why I try to hint at it. It's not just Coach Rule. You look at the rest of our programs. I mean, you're going to have some natural attrition. You're going to have people entering the portal. That makes sense. But I think culture building and and 
the value of culture is more important than ever before. And um, so that's part of what we're trying to do at the NCAA level, institutional involvement, is to, to just to, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for 1890 uh, that, that they've stepped in the gap for us. I mean, the reality is this, right? Like, you think about where we are today from when a long time ago when the first collective started popping up around college athletics, right? I mean, we, we couldn't even, we had zero interaction. And little by little, you know, the, the, the goalposts have moved a little bit. We've been able to have more involvement. But, you know, at some point, having uh, institutional involvement Guardrails, you know, is is an old line, but 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 at the end of the day, just having some involvement would be really really important. But we'll see where all this goes. I I've always believed in the end, eventually, institutionally, whether it's through collective bargaining or however it gets there, the institutional involvement in this space will be real. But in the meantime, if we didn't have 1890, we've been talking about all this recruiting success. We've been talking about how hard our coaches are working. 1890 has been a really critical. Uh, component and piece to help our student athletes monetize their name, image, and likeness. Kind of a different finger of this whole thing is there's there's stories about when teams converge in the middle of the field to shake hands after games, the coaches are approaching guys and going, "Hey, you want to look around? We we would listen to you." Well, not only you know it, it works both ways. Not only is that happening, but people are leveraging players to ask other players, and so it's like, "Hey, we've got a great team here. Have you ever thought about coming here?" You know, I, I think you can really do a great job in the NIL space. And so it, it, is a really, it is a really challenging time. And not only are you recruiting, you know, future student athletes, you've got to re-recruit all your own. And then I'll say on the other side, so let, let, let's, let's give some balance to this conversation, Greg. So people are frustrated about the transfer portal. And players. I will also say there are coaches telling players, go in the transfer portal, right? So that does happen as well. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I, again, I... You know, I, I really appreciate what um, Coach Rule's approach and our football program. Um, I believe that they, they honor their word, and um, we do the very best we can to honor and, and support and grow and develop our own internally. And then we'll always be looking to add additional talent to help us get over the hump. Just over a minute left in the program. Let's go out to Carney and Chris. Good evening, Chris. You're up with Trev. Hey, Trev. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, you are just a best athletic director just appreciate your um leadership of our of our program and quick question for you i know coach osborne had talked years ago about having a hall of fame like facility or like a building dedicated to just honoring husker athletics have you thought about that future plans in years to come you know it's a great question chris and it, it we have and as part of the stadium you know i we tell all prospective donors and others, you know, that the reality is, is the Go Big project is the catalyst to everything we get to think about in terms of backfill at the stadium. And so we've kind of thought about the stadium in a couple different ways. Obviously, the north side of the stadium, you've got the athletics piece, and we're thinking about some other opportunities there. The east stadium, you think about academics. We already have some academic programming. South stadium, the new south stadium, student engagement, those types of things. Well, west stadium, as you think about the training table and the existing stuff that We'll move over to go big. I think it gives it gives us an opportunity to really rethink how we can do some of that. How do we tell our story, not just in football, but the rest of our student athletes, and really engage our fans? That's an opportunity, Chris, to do exactly what Coach talked about. Good way to end it. Merry Christmas to you. Have a Merry Christmas. I don't know if you're traveling, but if you do, travel safe. We are going to travel. Go see my dad down in Florida. Fantastic. Good to see you. Thank you.